Welcome to Rebecca Sounds Reveille. What show, like every show, I have someone for you that is going to just make you smile, make your head turn, and want to engage a little bit more. And today, not only is she going to tell us about things going on in her world, but she's going to give you some nuggets that are going to want to make you just get up and make your life move too. She's an actress. She's been in the industry for over 21 years with experience in acting from films to commercials. She has even landed a series regular role as Lily in Windward Circle. I'm going to let her tell you what the former show is with that because I want you to just think of Lily. Windward Circle. This is important. And um, she has won Best Performance in a Television Series. So this is a pretty honorable award. I want her to be able to share the excitement in that because the glory just needs to go there, especially as a guest starring young actress. You're going to hear more on that. She has also worked throughout the industry in the film industry in a number of different roles. And what I mean by that is she has not only been herself as an actress, but she has done producing, casting, production. And it's really kind of neat because most recently she has been behind the scenes on the new Nicolas Cage film. I'm gonna let her share that one too, as an assistant production office coordinator. I am so jealous here. And there's more. She's got so more, so much more. We're going to ask her about um, baking up love and the new oh, romance comedy. Love it, love it, love it, love it. But we have more. There's more, 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 more that we have to deliver. She's got to deliver specifically things that she's doing now. And she's going to let us in on some little insights with the boundaries, of course. Let's bring her on now. Alex Kermis, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Rebecca. I'm very excited. I am too. You have just done so much. You've spent your life just dedicated to the industry and the experiences that you are bringing to the table are just taking you places. I think a lot of people are saying, how in the world did she get there? So let me first ask before we get to that, we're going to get to that later on, but how did you start out? So I actually, yeah, I actually started way back when I was two years old. Um, my parents took me to go and get, um, just like two year old photos, um, just for the house. And while I was there, the photographer was like, Hey, she's paying attention. She's moving her head. She's, she's listening to the directions and she's enjoying it. And he's like, you should maybe look at a, a modeling agency for her. So, uh, my parents went ahead and took me to a modeling agency up in the Minneapolis market at the time modeled for them, did lots of print work. And then at the age of five years old, I actually signed on, um, for acting as well. So that was when I first started again in the Minneapolis market. And then at the age of six, I started going out to Los Angeles every summer for three months, we would go and stay and, um, and then also in the pilot season. So I would go out for a month, either in February or March with my mom, my dad and brother and sister would come and visit and, and whatnot, but I did that from age six to 15. And so I spent four months out of the year out in LA acting, and then I was still acting and modeling in the Minneapolis market. And then um, from there, it just kind of one project led to another. 
And that was actually what landed me in the role of Lily. I love this. Did you know, I mean, did the concept of what you were doing at a young age really click or was it later on that it just sort of hit you? I am really very involved and very good at what I do. It was definitely later on um, for, for when I was younger, it was, it, I mean, it's like riding a bike to me. It's legit what I've known since I was five. Um, so there's no memories that I have really of before this. And so um, it wasn't until actually after I'd taken a step back from the industry, after I'd completed my schooling, I, I wanted to go to um complete my degree. So I got my bachelor's degree. And, um, after all of that, I kind of came back to the industry and I was like, you know what, this is where I'm passionate. This is where I want to be and jumped back into it. And I was like, Whoa, all right. All of those years have really propelled me and opened those networks for me to come back to it as an adult. That's pretty neat because oftentimes you'll see parents that get their children involved either in modeling or even stage Mm-hmm. Um, in theater or a child actor, they become really big and then they just kind of disappear and everybody's going, what happened? Where did they go? And they have all this training and experience that really could bring some things to life on screen as an adult. And so this is pretty neat how you're doing this. How how did you end up getting Lily? I mean, did you have to go through... A huge, um, a huge process. I mean, yes. Yes. So the role of Lily was, uh, the spinoff of Winward. Well, it was going to be titled, um, Winward Circle, which was the spinoff series of Gilmore Girls. Mm-hmm. So Milo Ventimiglia was actually going to be getting his own show who played Jesse on Gilmore Girls, one of Rory's boyfriends. He was getting his own show. So it was through the WB and I had to go through, I think five or six rounds of auditions at nine years old. And by the final audition, it was myself in there and it was down to myself and one other girl. And it was, I walked in and it was just a room full of like 30 some adults from the producers to the directors, to the writers, like people like very high up at WB and again, I didn't comprehend really how big of a deal this was at this point. I was excited, but I mean, my mom knew how big this was because we'd been on a million auditions and to get to the final level um, was just incredible. And so I went in there, did my thing. It was down to me and one other girl. And then um, they gave us, they gave my agents the call and they called my mom and let her know that I had landed it. And so we signed the whole contract to go. It was multiple years. Um, and then unfortunately the show did fall through due to funding because at that time we didn't have all these streaming platforms where you could just put a show on any different one there, you had to have a specific slot on the network. And right. so we actually lost it uh, to One Tree Hill. So that's interesting. If, if I'm going to lose, I guess One Tree Hill was a pretty good show to lose it to. I mean, to be <laughs> that close. I mean, yeah. for, I mean, that's, that's it started pretty... out with thousands of girls and yes. they brought it down to two. Yes. It was, it was wild. I, I mean, to hear how many rounds you had to go through is incredible because oftentimes people just it's a one and done you go in and then 
I guess the good thing about something like this is that when you go through that first audition, I mean, everybody who's been on an audition on audition knows when you leave there, you're thinking, I should have done this. I shouldn't have done that. I could have done this just a tad bit better. Maybe I need to practice this a little bit more. And so this self-critiquing is really kind of heavy. Yes. But I guess being able to perfect it just a little bit more because you had additional additions. It it was, that would have been a good thing, but that's an arduous thing. That's very nerve wracking. And I mean, uh, there's only so many ways you can do it. And I think mm -hmm. the biggest thing is how many people need to keep seeing it. But at the time it wasn't, you didn't put yourself on tape. You had to walk in there and and go into the audition. Each person was seeing you like you could mail in and, and we were starting to do that at I think that was around that time, maybe a little later, we started putting tapes on VHSs and legit mailing them uh, to LA at the time. But when we were in LA, everything you had to go in, do the audition. And sometimes they had a camcorder in there. Sometimes they didn't, they would still take your Polaroid picture. Um, so it was just, it, it's a different, it, it's completely different than even nowadays. Cause nowadays you put yourself on tape, they can send that, they may have you come do it a different way or do a chemistry read or something, but six levels, they can just pass those along now in a tape. Yeah. The difference is over time is so different. I mean, from when I did auditions back growing up in Los Angeles, this is yeah. back in the eighties, nineties, <laughs> a long time ago, to where it's at now, it's, it's just like, yeah, it's just like night and day. And I'll never, I mean, I'll never forget my first big audition and it was it was so challenging and so many people showed up and you had to wait and it wasn't you didn't have an appointed time so it's just an open casting call and so they call them cattle calls then but yeah they still did when I was going out to LA for a while they were still calling cattle calls so I mean it was you just you would be next to somebody and you hear them practicing and then you're thinking do I have to do it like that and there's just so much that goes into it but you really have had such a really well-rounded life before that, that gave you experience to know what to expect, at least on the surface, going into it and how to prepare. And this is something I want to point out to those that are listening. Preparation is the key to success in just about everything that you do. I mean, every once in a while, there's a somebody lands the perfect job or the perfect role or the perfect whatever. But most of the time we really need to be prepared so that we can just nail it. So it's an <laughs> tell art. Me what else is, yeah. Tell me what else you got going on. Cause I mean, there's some big things in your world. Yeah. So right now it's getting busy. Um, I'm kind of just between projects. I wrapped up on the Nicolas Cage film uh, in August and now it's rolling into um, at the end of end of October, early November, we're finalizing dates. Um, We actually have a table read coming up here tomorrow for Vagary, a Viking tale. So this series, I'm very, very excited about this one. This one is a TV series and it's going to be, um, it's about an argumentative group of Vikings that they're sailing around and they're trying to find um, a lost brother. And they end up actually getting lost in or stuck in an 
a, a different dimension. They're tossed into a whole Ooh. different world or plane of existence here. And um, so now they have to navigate this. And my character is actually one of the, the warriors in this alternate world that is at kind of, they're not necessarily, I would say they're they're at war, I guess, with another group. And so I am protecting the land side. And, um, and so I take it upon myself to, to, um, go and interact with them. Okay. And so I can't share much about it, but this one will be filming. We're going to be filming the pilot series. And with this one, it's really, really cool. Cause we're using, um, Unreal Engine technology. And so we're working with Darnell, uh, Darnell Williams. He's the founder of Electroshock. And what's so cool about this series to me is that you can actually place live actors inside this digital realm environment that they've created. So they've created a whole world digitally and they can place us inside of this world. And so it's, it's kind of taking on a whole new twist to to the film industry because you, instead of adding in explosions and gunshots and lasers and whatever you may need to add in you can have that going at the same time that the actors are standing right there uh so it's really cool and you can you can put in like other um you can kind of put in like virtual characters or just it, it's, it's a really cool technology that we're going to be playing with here. Um, and so that will be filming the pilot episode here at the end of the month. And then in February we have dimming lights and, and more projects coming. I love this. I got to go back to this yes. digital world because I'm thinking a couple of things. So if we have this digital world, does your character become AI or does it you? It's still us. So they can hook up. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting how they do it. So you, it's basically, they've got this whole world built and they can film and behind us it's green screen or the, the wire, whatever they need to do. They can hook us up to the wires if they need to get specific movements, if they need to put anything on us, like, or if there's say there's um, like in avatar, like let's just use them for an example where they are, in scenes with these completely other different characters with, with unreal engine, you could actually put the actors wouldn't see it, but the camera would see a, a various model of one of the avatars on the screen with the actors. Now the actors are still looking, but when you're filming, you can kind of see how those things are going to come together. You can see a fake character or a, a made up avatar um, coupled with a human in, in the camera. So I have these ideas just exploding on how this particular dimension could interact with some things. And now I don't know if I want to give it all away because this could be something pretty big. It will be very cool. Wow. This is a biggie. This is definitely something the audience needs to pay attention to because this is new. This is fresh. And what's going to happen once you guys deliver it, people are going to emulate it and they're going to want to be part of it. And everybody's going to be shooting things in this kind of. Yes. This series is very cool. It's got, it's, it's hard to kind of even compare it to another series, but what I think of it is it's got almost like a game of Thronesy type vibe um like a lord of the rings type like it it's just it's going off in different 
dimensions. You've got three different, completely different groups um, all on the same screen coming together at the same time. You've got the Vikings and then you've got the two other groups that are um, kind of at war in this other universe or dimension. Um, and, and this script is under like lock and key, but I'm so excited. Like we've had um, numerous meetings. The production is is moving right along. They, they're getting it finalized with casting. We're doing our table read. Um, and then we'll have the um, the pilot coming out here soon. And then they'll so market it. And for you to be going. part of something this unique, massive, 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 massive. I'm excited. So I want to talk too about your award. I mean, what a prestigious honor it is um, to have best performance in a television series. Yeah. And that was actually for acting opposite of Tay Diggs on um, Kevin Hill. So that one I filmed um, again, right before I, before I left the industry um, to go to finish schooling. So I was, I was 11. I'm trying to think how old I would have been around maybe 2003. And that was through the Young Artist Awards. Um, And so I was nominated for my appearance opposite of Tay Diggs on his show, Kevin Hill. And um, it was incredible. So we got to go. It's it's basically kind of like a mini Oscars for all of the young child actors out in Hollywood. And so they bring everyone out. I mean, you had... Raven from That's So Raven. You've mm-hmm. had, I, I'm trying to think of even who else has all been there. Um, drawing a blank, but the girls, like when Sleepover was big, all of them got nominated for it. And it was just really cool to see, um, see all these childhood actors coming together. You get to dress up, you get to go on stage, you get to accept your award. And um, it, it's kind of inspiring to to have that and know like of the potential that you can move forward with. Um, so I, all right. Speaking of potential, and I've just got to say this because this is incredible. So there's so many people that want to go in, they want to get into acting they want to do this. They want to do that. Some people are just like, I can only do stunts, but girl, you got it going on. Cause not only do you have experience in acting and casting and production and I just, and being a producer, you got some talents here that I think will blow the audience mind when they're watching this and they go, oh my gosh, this girl can do that. Can you give us some of the things that you do? Yeah. So, um, in regards to the casting, so I've recently started, um, working with Angela on casting for a couple of projects. And so it's something that this industry is all about networking. And I have always believed that, the more you network, the more successful you will be. And in life in general, whatever job you're needing, um, networking is the key, but especially when it comes to this, because there are so many, so many projects out there and people like working with people they know, people like pulling their friends into projects. Um, And so with the casting side, it's really cool because you get to see, first off, uh, on a whole different level, what casting directors are looking for. So as an actress, you're sitting here listening to what they're looking for in a tape, what they don't like, what they like. Um, you're getting, you're getting to really see how to propel yourself forward first and foremost. And then second off, you're also working with people 
and connecting them to different projects in a way that you would never have expected. So I'm, I'm on the phone with the directors. I'm on the phones with the writers, on the phone with Angela. We're talking about what they're needing. And then we're going, looking at our network. Who do we know? Um, and then going through the breakdowns, making sure everyone matches, bringing them together and just making those simple introductions. And I think that that is what is so big because in, in some of these past projects that I've worked on, you get to know these people in a whole different level. When you're on set with people for three, four months or even a month, you get to know them in a very in-depth level of life. Yes. <laughs> and so, um, and as you connect with these people, they may say, hey, have you reached out to this director? I think you might be a fit for this role. And so it's taking just that simple, hey, I may know someone. <laughs> um, that, hey, I may know someone for this position or this role. Let's connect them and see if we can, can make this work. Mm -hmm. So the casting side is really cool. I've just started recently as the casting producer and associate with her on that. Um, as far as like the production, I had so much fun and I think learned the most about this industry in one month on the new Nicolas Cage film, The Old Way. So that okay. one was absolutely incredible. Um, in, in just in all around holistic experience of seeing you get bits and pieces and as an actress, but so much of this stuff is hidden from the talent um, or not even hidden, but just it all seems to flow so easily. And as the APOC, the assistant production office coordinator, you're looking at um, you're diving in, you're helping out with paperwork, you're helping out with lodging flights, um, making sure that the food is there, making sure that the camera equipment is rental, making sure that the passenger fans are there. And you're really seeing what it takes to put a production, to move it forward each and every day. And it does take an army. Um, and so that one was just an all around, I haven't, I haven't learned that much in that short of amount of time in a very long time. And I was just sitting there soaking everything in again, the connections that you make on just even a project like that, it's networking. You can call up those people again, pick their brains, talk to them about what they're doing. And you never know when that's going to come back um, or how you can help them moving forward or how they help you. Like it's all connected. It really is. And I always try to encourage people to, think about in your everyday walk of life, who you come across and how that's going to end up interacting with you. I was on a plane from Sacramento to LA yeah. and I ended up sitting next to someone and it, the conversation, I'm, I'm a people person and yeah. I really like helping other people. And I had no idea how this was going to end up affecting me. We had a conversation going and the next thing I know, we're pretty much landing in the same area they have a production company and I ended up getting a lead and little, anyway, it's a long story, but you know, yeah. you never know how these things end up coming out. So always just networking, 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 because even if you don't know some, if, if that person doesn't have something direct for you, you might for them, or yeah. they might know someone or vice versa, you know, you might. So I think hundred percent of what you're saying is so true about, networking. It's incredible. And they're just, I can't say enough about it, especially in the climate that we're in right now. This is a very competitive time in every single walk of life when it comes to employment or possibility. And this is where we have to say to ourselves, hey, 
I, I, this, we have to have positive self-talk so we can launch ourselves and really place us ahead of the pack. Cause that's really what's going to take is that confidence. And with what you're talking about, you gain that the more you network because people are going to share things with you, but there's something else about you specifically that I think that is just going to blow the minds of everybody out there. And I'm going to give them a tidbit, snowmobiles and snowboarding. <laughs> yeah. I've grown up. I absolutely love the outdoors. I've grown up snowboard. Well, grew up skiing snow uh, on snow and then I grew up water skiing and skiing. And then, um, in high school, I actually transitioned to snowboarding, but I grew up in Minnesota. So, um, I've always liked the outside, especially uh, the summer months is what my heart is, but I've grown up snowmobiling. Um, I snowboard, I water ski, jet ski, paddleboard, you name it. I'm outside. I love the outdoors. Um, and then when I was younger, I actually had a horse. So I went through and, and was completely trained in uh, Western style horseback riding, which actually has come in handy now twice for filming, uh, once on the film Joy and Hope. However, that one was English. So we had to improvise real quick on that one. Ooh, um, huh. Yeah, so I got trained pretty quick on how to do some English style for that film. And then I've actually got a Western coming up and that one um, will be all Western writing. And, and she's my character. April is actually a horse trainer on that one um, in uh, Strangers of the Night. I love this. And I want to share, not only is everybody going to be like, wow, I cannot believe all of this talent is right here. It's just completely well-rounded <laughs> and you're going to be able to utilize these things that you enjoy doing into other projects. And that's something oftentimes we forget. Things that we do that we just enjoy, we forget that we might have mastered that or it's become such a passion that it could actually come into place for something that we're doing later. And so all of these things are absolutely incredible and you are just rocking it. I know that there's more to come. I know that somewhere around February, you have some things coming up and I'm not dropping the ball right now because I want to bring you back to talk about some more of those things and then how things just went recently but before I kind of let you go I want to hear a little bit about your new romantic comedy Baking Up Love yes so that is now streaming on Pure Flix that was released October 1st we had so much fun filming this um, it was absolutely an amazing project uh, we were working with writer director Candace Kane on that one and we went into a small town in Illinois, Morton, Illinois, and it is actually the pumpkin capital of the world, which is pretty fitting for this film, being that I am a baker and this film was truly written for this city. So the unique part is um, I played a character, Lynn, and I owned the confectionery in this film and it's a romantic comedy. And so um, there is a bakery called The Confectionery and the owner is actually Lynn. And so there are so many little Easter eggs in this film. Um, and we just had an amazing time with this. Jason Frederick and um, Michael Benini, who played opposite of me, uh, they were both kind of love interests in this film. They did a phenomenal job. We had a I can't even tell you how much fun we had making this stuff. It sounds like it was a lot of fun and being able to 
connect all these dots from what's here to what's in reality. I mean, that's, it's going to end up being a tourist attraction. Yeah. And that's, that's one thing that it was, it was cool. Cause when I went back, um, the mayor had us come back for the parade during the actual pumpkin festival. Um, and so we've, we've went back a couple of times. We went for the premiere and I had several people approach me while I was in town and they're like, you were in the movie. We just went to the confectionery. We wanted to see where it was. We actually had them show us, um, around and they showed us where we were filming or we visited, uh, the different shops that were featured in the film. And so it was, it was cute to see, um, how excited they got over their town. And it's, What's unique about this film is so many times it's it's a made up story and it's made up place and characters. This is like a little time capsule of Morton, Illinois, all um, kind of pulled into this film. So you'll see so many of the the people of Morton, which are called Mortonites, um, okay. they're featured in this, and it is it it's just a really cool project with a great story. It's just a cute, fun, feel good movie. Um, and it's on Pure Flix, which is a, a faith-based family friendly streaming platform. And it's just, it's just, it was just really fun to film. We had, we had, I enjoyed it. And it, Morton has like a piece of my heart now from it. I've been, I've spent so much time there over the past, uh, over this past summer. And it's just, I'm excited about it. You should definitely check it out. I'm excited for you too. And here's what I'm thinking. This is what I'd like all of you who are listening out there and watching out there. Here's what I'd like you to do. If you get some free time over the next week or so, I challenge you to go watch this romantic comedy and then put that on your Christmas watch list and have it running so that your friends and your family, when they're coming over and during the holiday time, you have something new and exciting and whimsical to see. And it's something different. We've had so much dapper stuff going on. This is going to bring some smiles and just some, the, the warm and fuzzies. And we never say that anymore either, but <laughs> I'm really excited about that. So I'm challenging everybody to be able to watch it at least twice between now and Christmas. There we go. I like it. I want to thank you so much, Alex, for everything that you're doing. I'd like the audience to connect with you because I think everything that you have going on is going to take you to places that the audience is wanting to stay abreast of. And so if you'll share how you would like them to connect with you and the best places, let's do it. So the best and most updated is always going to be my Instagram, which is just Alex, A-L-I-X, Kermis, K-E-R-M-E-S. And that is where I'm going to have behind the scenes little tidbits when I'm on set filming. That's where I'll make all of like the big announcements whenever I get a, attached to a project. That's where it usually will hit first. Um, you can go ahead and follow on my website as well if you want to check that out. That's alexkermis.net. Um, and then those are really the two biggest ones I use. I have Facebook as well, um, but that kind of just populates from Instagram. So mm -hmm. the biggest two would be Instagram, which is Alex Kermis, and then the website, alexkermis.net. I love this. I thank you so much for being on today. I am thank so proud so of this. Yes. And I'm so proud of your current accomplishments. I know that all the stuff that you um, are doing is going to take you to big, bigger things and the things that are going to be coming your way are going to absolutely take your breath away and the audience. So thank you. Thank you. We've got big things in the works. I'm excited to tell you about them next time too. I'm like I'm right there, but I was like, no, okay, we got to wait. So got I want to think scripted series too <laughs> in the works. 
So we'll see. Oh boy, this is great. I love this. I love it. I love it. I want to thank all of you for tuning into another episode of Rebecca Sounds Reveille. Make sure that you connect with Alex on all these different levels. Head over to Pure Flix. Let's get this challenge going two times. You get to watch it once now, either alone or with some friends or family now, but definitely during the holidays when everybody's relaxing and you're trying to figure out what to play, just have a lineup going so that you are you can put it on a loop and watch it multiple times. That's totally cool too, but that's a challenge, everybody, too, between now and Christmas. I think- That and network. Yes, yes. That'll let me not forget. And so (laughs) if you will make sure, we can't say the SH anymore. So if you'll do that click thing where it heads out and gets out to your friends and your family, I really encourage you to do that. And I'd like you to also get it to everybody you don't know. Thanks for tuning in. Bye.